if they would talk about what struggles they're each having and not have the other one get defensive. In other words, it's not a blame game. The reality of life right now is that we do have um, lots of issues because of the pandemic. Um, You've got a toddler who's, you know, going to be demanding Mm -hmm. because they're a toddler. She obviously, Joanne obviously works. And so you've got a working mom, that's hard, and a working mom during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different pulls here. This week... Dr. Karen Sherman returns to help a listener get her near sexless marriage back on track. She's getting pulled in many different directions, but wants spontaneity, and he's become a little gun shy to initiate. We have a conversation about the variety of options that might help. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. You can find uh, more information about Karen at her website, drkarensherman.com. And today, Karen, we are going to do something a little bit different. And I want to just say right up top, um, if you are a listener to the show and you have a question for us, please, please email us. Let us know what uh, how we can help. Um, podcast at hitchedmag.com uh, is the, the way to go. There's actually a link on our podcast page if you are interested. So um, that's what we're going to do today. We are going to talk. Uh, we're going to hopefully help out one of our listeners, Joanne, and, uh, and help Joanne with her sex life. So uh, she wrote in, Uh, Our daughter is two years old, and I can count on one hand the number of times that we've had sex since I got pregnant. Uh, So that means less than, for those uh, keeping score at home, that's less than five times in an over a two-year time frame. It's bad, and we're still working together as a team, but it's a big divide, especially in these challenging times, referring to COVID. It's at the root of the disagreements over extended breastfeeding, sticking with the corona rules, and limiting our date nights. Planning a second child is fueling a growing distance. I want a second child, but in his words, how can we even have a second child without having sex? I feel pulled in too many directions, and I know my husband is not getting the attention he needs. I think the problem was already there before we got pregnant, uh, but I was able to push through. We've always had... We've... We've have always had a planned sex life. It was fun, but rarely natural. I'm at the point in my life where I'm drained and giving what I can to my family and my demanding job in the middle of a pandemic. I don't want the anxiety of having to build myself up for sex. I want to enjoy each other's company, feel a connection, and then let that be the foundation of intimacy. He struggles with that. He's from a culture where 
from what I can see, the men just don't flirt. Emotional connection does not come easily to him, although he is very loving. Plus, he has certain expectations. For example, he likes that we are freshly showered before we have sex. I tried to say that I want spontaneous sex, and he really struggles with that concept. Think a little bit like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, without the ego. The idea of he can plan it and just not tell me was great, but that idea came too late. And I'm not really sure what that means, Joanne, um, that it came, that the idea came too late, but you know, uh, hopefully the information we provide helps. I think he's now too skeptical that he'll get a yes to even try. Uh, I just don't know where to go from here. Uh, except wait for my daughter, who, as I mentioned at the top, is two, is more independent, but I worry that this is a dangerous strategy. So there's a lot. And so now that I just read that again for like the third or fourth time, um, I think what she meant by the idea came too late is the fact that while he can plan it, he's afraid to get rejected. So he's no longer even, even when he plans it, he's he's not even asking anymore because of Mm -hmm. the... He's afraid of the rejection because it's been Mm. so long because it seems like she's also not engaging. So it's not like a him problem alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, there is a lot here. And I thought we would try to pick through some of the issues that she raised. Um, I sent you a list of uh, questions. Is there any number, specific number that you want to start at or should I just go start from the top? We can start from the top and we'll just see where it, where it takes us. Okay. Sounds good. So the first question I have is, do you have any recommendation strategies for spontaneous sex? Because this seems to be what she wants, whereas her husband is resistant to this concept. So my first thought when I read that question is it's an oxymoron because to have a strategy for spontaneous sex (laughs) doesn't seem right to me. Right. Um, The only thing, I mean, I think that Joanne's idea that he could plan it but just not tell it to her was a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I know this is not an intervention that I recommend often, but every now and then I do. Have some wine. Relax. Mm. Let that just see where it takes you. Don't put so much stress on yourselves. Um, You know, it sounds like this has now become a major issue. It is. But it's really like taking on a life of its own. So I think that they just basically have to relax a little bit more. And so that's why I'm suggesting the wine. And when both of them are a little bit more loosened up, that might um, allow for things to just go in the right direction. Mm-hmm. This this reminds me of what we talk about a lot, which is if you and your spouse are going in the same direction and you're satisfied with the situation, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, for those listening, um, it's not like uh, little... Uh, very little sex is an issue unless it, it it's what you want is more and then it is an issue. So right, I, I wanted right. to highlight that. Um, and this also seems like they have hit the point in the relationship where the issue has become so big that it's now causing anxiety to even approach mm-hmm. the subject as opposed yes. to like working through the solution. So that makes it like really tough. And, and, uh, I just wanted to point out that like, I, I understand the conundrum that they now find themselves in. Um, okay. So, she, uh, she mentions that, um, the emotional connection was already a struggle, 
before she even got pregnant. Um, do you have any recommendations on that? Because it seems like that's um, not really related to the sex issue at all for me. Well, I disagree. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, first of all, I'm looking back at her letter uh, and the part where she said that this was a problem. Uh, I feel pulling. I know my husband is not getting the attention needs. I think the problem was already there before we got pregnant. I don't know that she's referring necessarily to emotional connection. Mm. I think them not having. Um, as much sex as he would have liked and her feeling like, you know, she wasn't satisfying him as much as he liked was the problem she's referring to. Okay. So I want to clarify that. That's, that's the way I read it. But anyway, um, I feel that a very large piece of sexual connection is the emotional connection. Um, And if he is not the kind of guy who um, really, you know, she says he's loving, but he's not really into flirting and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, and she mentions his culture, though she doesn't say what culture he's from. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I may be totally wrong, but it may also be that in whatever culture he comes from, unless it's just the male culture, which this would apply to also, that opening up and talking feelings may be very difficult. Mm -hmm. That being said, if they could have a discussion about this, I think that that would, number one, certainly start getting things rolling. And number two, when couples start to be vulnerable with each other and talk to each other and express their needs, that is creating emotional connection. And that happens to also be a wonderful aphrodisiac. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, rather than not addressing this issue, if they would talk about what struggles they're each having and not have the other one get defensive. In other words, it's not a blame game. The reality of life right now is that we do have um, lots of issues because of the pandemic. Um, You've got a toddler who's, you know, going to be demanding Mm -hmm. because they're a toddler. She obviously, Joanne obviously works. And so you've got a working mom, that's hard, and a working mom during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different pulls here. Um, I think that rather, as I said a moment ago, rather than being a blame game of, well, look at what you're doing. If we could get them talking where they each would explain what they're feeling and be open and help the other one understand what needs they have and really hear each other, um, that that would be a very good way to start um, a real open conversation and that would start to help them connect emotionally, which would then lead to having a better sex life with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, it's funny. Like I want to go back really quick to one of the things that she mentioned in her letter, which was Mm -hmm. about, um, having him because he likes things planned out, having him Mm -hmm. plan it and then just not tell her when he planned it so that it would feel spontaneous to her. Mm -hmm. And then again, like if I'm reading her, uh, 
hesitation on that correctly, it's that he now feels like she's just going to reject him. Um, Mm -hmm. Connecting that to what you're just saying about the communication, if they try that plan again and she just tells him, look, I will say yes. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something that could like help break the ice if she just says, look, if you plan it, you have a guaranteed yes in me. Uh, Or do you think that's like an unreasonable thing? No, no, I think that that could help, but she's got to be willing to say yes. And look at the kinds of things she's pointing to, that she's tired, that there's an issue about breastfeeding. There's, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of different factors and, you know, she's got to really be ready to make good on that promise because Mm -hmm. if she tells him this would really be a help and then he tries it and she doesn't go along with it, man, is that going to boomerang? You know, the other thing about um, the spontaneity aspect to it, because it Mm -hmm. seems like while that is her desire, um, just the overall lack of sex seems to be the bigger issue. Not mm-hmm. like the kind of sex that they're having. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's funny. So I was watching a, a comedy special last night. Uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, everybody knows who Kevin Hart is. Anyways, he was talking about how he's over 40 and tired of uh, having sex all the time or whatever. And he told his wife that the, she needs to pick a date on the calendar and they will have amazing sex on that day. But you can't, mm-hmm. can't, but you can't ask for it like any other day of the month. Like mm-hmm. that's the one that mm-hmm. he's going to guarantee the good sex. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was like, you know, and I delivered. And so it's like, it just reminds me of like, this is exactly what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, about uh, you, the, just like putting it on the calendar, scheduling it, planning it. I know it's not sexy and spontaneous. Like you suggest like that she's wanting but mm-hmm. as we've discussed in the past when people are dating what do they think those dates are other than scheduled time for intimacy yes we've talked about that in the past right and in and, a previous podcast a long time ago exactly yeah so um when you think that it's like not really that sexy or whatever um just think about like oh yeah i used to think like oh friday night i'm gonna go out on a date and hopefully i get lucky that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about uh, right and so you can and if you're like the spontaneity side of it is the thing that you're thinking about um you know change up the routine of how you get to the end game i guess yes uh, and so, yeah, that's I, I have another thought because of something she also said in the letter. I don't know if she is mixing up spontaneity with what a lot of women want, which is the saying of sex at night really starts with flirting in the morning, mm-hmm. that it's really the buildup from the whole day mm-hmm. and that what she really wants is that she's willing to have sex just spontaneously at night, if there has been a a series of things throughout the day that has made her feel desired and cared about and, you know, all these other little things that go to, you know, flirting, etc. I don't know if that's what she really means Mm -hmm. or if that's part of what she would really like. And, you know, it struck me that she said her husband is loving. And that's important. Yeah. That's important. Um, 
And sometimes, especially during these challenging times of not only COVID, but also being busy, having a toddler, you know, life and everything, if you can still feel that your partner is loving, then you you got to look at that and say, wow, that's really good. So maybe some of the frills aren't there, mm-hmm. but, you know, let me focus on that and let me pay attention to that. Um, and so there may have to be a slight readjustment in the perception mm-hmm. on her part. That mm-hmm. being said, I think it couldn't hurt if her husband try to do a couple of things that might make her feel a little bit more receptive. I mean, I've got to be fair here. So, totally. you know, if he could do a couple of things like call her during the day, I'm thinking about you or, you know, you mean so much to me or whatever, that, you know, could help her feel a little bit more like she's easing into it. Mm -hmm. But to your point a few moments ago, I think that it may have to be that you schedule it and maybe on that day, you know, it's like if you're going to go out for dinner, oh, I'm really looking forward to dinner tonight. You know, what do you think they have on the menu? Uh, you know, what are you going to wear? Stuff like that. That may help with the build up to it. Mm-hmm. And those are things if he likes planning, he could certainly plan. Yeah. I, I was also thinking um, to your point about, you know, the flirting starts in the morning um, for the quote unquote spontaneous sex at night. Yeah. Um, it might be that he has a difficulty express, expressing emotion in like a face to face interaction, but mm-hmm. maybe he can like write little notes and leave them yes. around the house or send text messages or there's a lot of different ways to flirt as opposed Absolutely. to just like walking by mm-hmm. and winking and, you know, saying sweet nothings into the ear as they pass by, you know? So exactly. Um, just getting a little bit more creative on that end might, might help things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So jo- Joanne, uh, mentions that her attention was already getting pulled in too many directions before she was pregnant and that her Mm -hmm. husband wasn't getting the attention he needed. Um, the pregnancy and the toddler and the added weight of holding everything together during a pandemic Mm -hmm. (laughs) obviously hasn't helped. And, you know, when you're talking about, um, going out to dinner and stuff, like all these things are tougher right now. And I totally want to acknowledge that and understand that. And depending on where you live, um, I'm in California just this week. They shut down indoor dining again. So, mm. um, I, I get it. Like that stuff is really tough. So hopefully maybe, you know, maybe find a different room to have dinner in or something that makes it a little more interesting. Um, so anyways, with all that being said though, um, the, the too busy getting pulled in too many directions, how can she turn that around, uh, I'm going to give you the most ridiculous answer. Okay. She can start giving him attention. And it could start by her even saying, you know, I know that life, and this is very typical. We've spoken about this before. She is not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Couples tend to get lazy. And they tend to forget the niceties that they did when they were dating. So, You know, she can say, look, I realize that I've let life get in the way and you are important to me and I'm going to try to be, you know, more aware. Um, And I think we both need to be more aware of letting the other person know that they matter. And I just, you know, want you to know that I love you very much and I care about you and us and 
I'm not going to get it right all the time, but you know, I am going to try to start doing things so that, you know, you do know that you, you mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can just keep thinking about, um, how I think they're in an okay place because she does care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to, to your point that you keep referring to the fact that she identifies that he is loving toward her. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it, the, everything's there for this to work. Um, they, there just needs to be a little execution and strategy mm-hmm. on yeah. the ex- making the execution work. So I'm trying to, I want to be like as encouraging as possible as we go through all this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so th- is there something to be said for, again, like we're talking about a handful of times over two years. So is there something to be said for just doing it? Um, and I realize that it won't, might not necessarily be sexy, um, but just the act of having sex um, and getting that momentum started and going? Well, um, I, I don't know whether you've ever had this person, um, you know, doing a podcast with you. I'm sure that you've uh, read her materials, but Michelle Weiner Davis mm-hmm. um, is a big advocate of Just Do It, yeah. that um, if one person has a need and the other person, you know, totally is not fulfilling that need, it's just not fair. Um, it's almost like um, if I really, really uh, love pork chops and Richie doesn't, and there's never any way that I get to eat pork, whether, you know, uh, we go to a restaurant where I can get pork or, you know, I find a dish that's palatable to him. But if I'm constantly not getting my need met, then that's not fair. Mm-hmm. It comes out to that. That's, that's <laughs> Michelle Wiener Davis's mm-hmm. theory. And so what she says is, yes, just do it. Just do it. And of course, you know, the other person could say, well, but I don't want to. Well, it doesn't have to be that you're now going to fulfill his every need every second that he wants it, but somewhere in between mm-hmm. so that both parties' needs are being taken care of. Can I, can I, I'm going to interject really quick. It's so funny that you say that because uh, honest, honestly, within like the last month, uh, Jess, my wife and I were having this conversation about how, um, I have been cooking food for her and not yeah. cooking food that I not, not not that I cook food for her that I think is terrible or whatever, but it's not like what I would cook for myself if she was like, say, out on a business trip or something. Mm-hmm. And specifically, like I was missing like homemade pasta and homemade sauce uh-huh. and just like super carb heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. food. And so she was like <laughs> Just, just make yourself some pasta. I can, I don't have to eat it. I could eat something else. And I was like, yeah. oh, duh. Yeah. Why don't I just make my own thing and you can have your own thing? There's nothing wrong with that. And so, yes. Yes. But, but if we carry that analogy forward, there are plenty of people who are taking care of their own needs because the sex is not available to them in their marriage. Right. And that then brings us to a whole other yes. podcast. That's because true. the people who are not fulfilling the needs then get very upset. Why are you doing that behavior? Right. No, that's true. That was a, that was a poor <laughs> analogy. Oh man, I walked right into it. Oh, God. Sorry. No, that's good. 
But but I will stand by the fact that like you can break the rules. Yes, of course. Um, of you course. can break the rules and like look look at why you're doing something or not doing something. And if uh, if making your bowl of pasta <laughs> isn't going to hurt anybody, um, never mind. I'm going to get off this analogy. It's a yes. terrible analogy. Okay, good, good. Okay, uh, I, I have no out on that one. Um, Okay. So, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, Michelle Weiner Davis, she has been on this podcast. It's been, whew, I mean, it's been a really long time, maybe like mm-hmm. 10, 10 years, but yes, uh, very familiar with her work. She's been on yeah. the podcast. Um, the other thing that I was going to bring up about that whole issue was, uh, we also know that just the act of having intercourse, uh, releases a just ton of hormones, um, and feel good hormones and bonding hormones and all this stuff. And so it could like literally spark, uh, feelings in you that you might have thought had gone dormant and Mm -hmm. arousal that you might have thought had gone dormant and all those other things. So, um, by embracing that, just do it, uh, mentality, um, you might actually, help get over the hump, uh, just by your body doing the things that your body does. Right. Right. And the other thing also is that it's very likely that you're going to enjoy it once you get into it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, I feel like we've touched on most of the stuff. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I do want to comment on one thing at the very end. Joanne said that, one of the thoughts she has is waiting till her daughter is oh, more yes. independent, independent. Right. but she worries that it's a dangerous strategy. I think it's a horrible strategy. <laughs> okay. I think it's a very dangerous strategy because there will, first of all, you, you can't just keep putting this on hold and there will always be something. So her daughter will reach, you know, let's say she does get pregnant again and then she'll be tired from being pregnant or they don't get pregnant. And now her daughter is going to school and her daughter, you know, is having issues with going to school. So she's up crying a lot. There, there will always be something. Mm-hmm. And the, the real issue, which is why I'm going to go back to my statement about emotional intimacy and sexuality, this is really not a problem about her daughter or a problem about COVID or a problem about being a working parent. Yes, those are absolutely additional challenges, but the real problem is not being able to communicate openly um, without fear of being insulted or attacking or blaming, etc., being able to openly talk about your needs and your feelings and setting up a good line of communication between the two of you. Mm-hmm. The majority of couples who are having sexual problems, it's really because there's a more basic communication problem. Because sex is just another form of communication. Mm. Okay. That's my other thought. Yeah. No, that's, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, uh, I had forgotten to address that in the questions and, and I, uh, you know, I agree too. Um, so, um, Okay. Uh, Joanne, thank you so much for writing in. Um, really appreciate it. Hopefully the advice and ideas and things that we were spitballing here addressed, uh, some of the issues and, you know, get you going on your way with, 
um, you know, solving this issue. So uh, best of luck to you. Please uh, keep us posted if anything worked. Um, and yeah. And if, if anybody else listening has their questions, uh, like I said, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We are here for you, a podcast at hitchmag.com. And uh, before we go, I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this, get that information and much more at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this on our website, hitchedmag.com, where we have our complete archive. Uh, you can go back and find the Michelle Warner Davis uh, episode. Um, we have thousands of articles available for you and much more. So check that out. Again, hitchedmag.com. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Okay, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. We know that it's Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we know it's go time. And it's about to explode.